people this morning, God's will is for us to be whole and healthy and blessed. Amen. How many believe that? That's God's will for our lives. And as we look at Mark 6, this verse I sent out this morning says this simply. Verse 56. Whenever he entered into villages, cities, or the country, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might just touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched him were made what? Well. How many know this morning if we can just touch Jesus, we can be made well? Amen? That's just the answer this morning. And you might think, well, aren't we in church? Aren't we here? Can't we just do that? Yes, you can. But a lot of times we don't connect the dots. We don't realize he is here. He is willing this morning to heal us. He is willing to make us whole. And sometimes we don't realize we have something going on in our life that needs to be fixed. So as you look up there and see this, you know, the, the devil especially fights the family. And uh, we, how many know that there's kind of two ways that you get a, a diagnosis from the doctor one would be that you would go to do some checkup you don't really have anything wrong but you do a yearly checkup or something as you get older you have to do more frequent checkups and sometimes you have to do a checkup for health care or insurance or a new job or whatever and so you'd go into a doctor and you would say doctor I need to have you give me a physical or give me a checkup and you might not have anything wrong with you at the moment that you feel you might not have any what you call symptoms uh, might not have any pains but you just go and how many know sometimes when that happens they find something that's wrong with you without even having any symptoms and it might be something that you don't even notice on the exterior but it is something that is physically wrong with you and if it's not dealt with at that moment then what's going to happen it's going to get worse it's going to cause something else and it's going to eventually uh, you know obviously we know something can eventually kill you so that would be one way that you would find out that something was wrong with you now the other would be the opposite i'm sick i've got something wrong with me i i've got pain i've got a, a stomach ache i've got a fever i've got something wrong and i go to the doctor to get a uh to find out what's wrong with me and as i sit with that doctor that that doctor says what are your what symptoms and a lot of times as believers we have symptoms and, and, and I really want to close this out this morning by giving you some possible symptoms. And, and as, you, as you go over these symptoms that you might think, hey, Holy Spirit, are you talking to me on that? And as I say these things, I don't want you to think that everything I say applies to everybody. But maybe something will click. And, 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 and obviously, if, if, if a doctor says to me, uh, and I have stomach pain, he says, does your knee hurt? Um, I'm going to say no. So that knee hurting is not going to apply to me. But if he's asking me my symptoms and then he says, Does you, is there pain in your stomach? And I, I say yes, then I'll know, okay, he's, he's, he's in the right direction. We might get some answers here. How many are following what I'm saying? The, the, God can do the same thing through the Holy Spirit to show us in our lives if there's something that needs to be broken that's been placed upon our lives. And obviously there's some that have not been here for any of this. We have visitors. So I want to quickly go back to the book of Deuteronomy, if you would, just to quickly read a couple of key verses uh, so you can know where we're at as we close out this this morning. And I really believe by the time the service is over and at the altar time, uh, we're going to not just talk about these things, but we're going to break generational curses. Amen. We're going to break the things off of our life that, that don't need to be there. 
And uh, we're going to do it three ways. And, and you've, you've known this through this uh, short time we've been talking about this. Number one is we're going to what? Recognize it. We're going to recognize there's something in my life that's not right. There's something in my, in, my, in my life that's not in obedience to the Lord. There's something in my life that's not lining up with the Word of God. And that's what we're going to see here in a second in Deuteronomy. The second thing is once I recognize that there's disobedience in my life or something's not right, then I need to repent of that. I need to re- recognize it, then I need to be sorry for it or, or, or change it, so to speak. And then the third one would be, another R would be to renounce it. So now I've recognized I've got something in my life wrong. I repent of it, and now I'm going to renounce it. I mean, I'm not going that way no more. I'm not that person anymore. I'm not going to do those things anymore. And, and, and as we've been going through this, it really is simple. It really is. Sometimes it's not simple to find out why something's going wrong in our lives, but it is simple to know what God's, God's real plan is. It is this. If we obey, there's blessings. When we're in his will, his, there's blessings on our life. He, he, and I'm not saying every moment of every day. I'm talking in general. And when we're walking in obedience and we're walking in, in the will of God, we're walking in his, with his hand on us. And then when we walk in disobedience, outright disobedience, outright, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't agree with that. I don't want to listen to that. When we're walking in disobedience, that brings the curse on us and if you don't believe me just look simply at what the bible says let's look at deuteronomy 30 and i want to just go over this one more time i think i read this particular verse last sunday morning we've had sunday night and wednesday night since then and wednesday night we talked about as pastor andrews mentioned how god can set us free from the from the curse of of finances and that's a big area in our lives that god can set us free from so it says in verse 15 or let's start in verse 14. The word is very near you, in your mouth, and in your heart that you may do it. Is everybody there? Deuteronomy 30, 14. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. So what does that mean to us? It means we have a choice. God has set a choice before us that he wants us to choose. Verse 16. In that, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God. How many know what he's really asking is not that much. He just wants us to love him, amen? To love the Lord and to walk in his ways. You know, you've heard the saying before, my way or the highway. Well, God really is my way or the highway, amen? He's the ultimate my way or the highway. You don't have to do things the way God wants, but you're going to find a highway, amen? And if you do things God's way, you're going to be on the right way in the right path. And so it's simply, he just simply says, I just want you to love me, and I want you to walk in my ways, and to do what? Keep my commandments, it says there. His statutes, his judgments, that what? You may live and multiply. So we see that it's his will to multiply, it's his will to live. And the Lord your God will do what? Bless you in the land which you go to possess. Verse 17, but if your heart turns away, so that you do not hear and are drawn away. How many know that's so easy to be drawn away? Amen. It's so easy to be drawn away to other things that are not God's will, not God's commandments, not God's way. And it says to worship other gods and serve them. And quickly I'll go over this again. What are gods? Gods are anything that's over God as importance. 
God's a lot of times for anybody who's here new or visiting or hasn't quite grasped this yet. It's not just the God that we actually get on our knees to bow or lift our hands to worship to. Sometimes we, we picture that or it's not the, you know, just that, 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 that deity that somebody might worship that's not Jesus Christ. It's anything, a job, a career, a, a relationship, a car, a house, anything that you place number one over God is a God. It's an idol. It's something that God, God doesn't share his glory with anybody. He's a jealous God, the Bible says. So when I split my heart any other direction, that's when I begin to have problems. And God says, if you serve them, if you serve other gods, I, 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 this is what happens. I announce you today, verse 18, that you shall surely perish. That's the, my way or the highway. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over to the Jordan to go in and possess. Now watch these last two verses. Now, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you, watch this again, life and death, blessing and cursing. So, so how many see right there? God has set before us the choice to, to choose life or death to choose blessing or cursing. It's not a happen chance thing. It's not a, well, this just happened to happen this way. Now, a lot of times things we're dealing with in our life we don't know about, and that's why we're preaching this sermon and this series, that we would learn what is it that I've allowed into my life? What is my, that my mom and dad maybe allowed into our life or my grandparents allowed into our life? Because I won't go into that this morning, but the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy as well that when we make a decision, that, that bad decision visits to three and four generations the iniquity but when I make a good decision it, it goes to thousands of generations and so how many can see that a good decision is better than a bad decision amen kind of like kind of obvious but sometimes we don't seem to walk in that because uh, uh, of disobedience or because of sometimes ignorance and I don't say that in a mean way just we don't know we don't know what's going on it's like when that doctor says do you have in your family history Diabetes? Do you have in your family history high cholesterol? Do you have in your family? And the doctor begins to ask those physical traits to find out why, why you have something wrong. And when they recognize, yeah, my dad had diabetes. My grandparents had diabetes. My great-grandparents had diabetes. That doctor's going to say, guess what? You might have diabetes because uh, everybody else does and it's being passed down and so there's things we can do to take care of that so that can happen to us spiritually we can have things curses in our lives that have been placed on us and sometimes we think when we think curses we automatically just think of, of a witch or you know some warlock doing some kind of thing that's obviously a possibility but what we're seeing here is just disobedience does that not, not necessarily somebody outright doing that. Now, that does exist, like I said, and I, I know many stories, and, 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 and there are people who do uh, witchcraft and do, do curses on people, and there is a demonic power that's very real that, that can come over people's lives that don't have the covering of the blood of Jesus. Amen. But we have that this morning, praise God. And if we know that Jesus is our Lord, we know that he is the antidote this morning. He is the one who walks through the cities and the villages and the countries and whoever touched the hem of his garment will be healed. But sometimes we got to know we're sick to know we need healing. And a lot of times in the church world, our healing needs to come from inside. 
It's an inner healing. It's a spiritual healing. I'm not just talking about physical. That might be the case. But I want to go over quickly as I read this last verse in a second some things that might be some symptoms. Now, the last verse here, let's read 19 again. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursing. And what is God's will that we do? Choose life. That you both, that both, watch this, that both you and who? your descendants so what I do affects my family what I do affects my daughters what I do affects my daughter's kids what I do affects my grand great grandkids and so on and and down the road and I could be affected about what my parents and grandparents and great parents did because it says you and your descendants shall live and so we see that that's kind of happening in our life. Last verse, 20, that you may love the Lord your God. See how he goes back to that again? He, he, God's always saying, look, here's the, I want blessing, I want blessing, I want blessing, but if you don't, here's what happens. But I want blessing, I want blessing, but I want blessing. I want to bless you, but if you don't listen, but I want to bless you so you know. Let me say that again. I want to make sure you know I want to bless you. And, and, and the mention of blessings is mentioned over 600 times in the Bible. And the word curses is mentioned over 300 times. So we know God's much more willing to bless us than he is to curse us. And someone might say, God curses? Well, what are we reading here? It's God's word. It's disobedience that causes that to come on to our life. And so it says, love the Lord your God that you may obey his voice and cling to him. How many found that when you are really doing it right and seeing God's hand it's when you're closest to the Lord when you are clinging to him and you're not letting go remember that God doesn't need us we need God can you can you agree with that this morning now I'm not talking about the simplicity of the fact that he uses us to witness and all that we, we get that but a lot of times I think people have this mentality that you know if I don't show up for church it's just not going to be the same because I'm not there you know, God doesn't need us. We need God. That'd be kind of like telling your body you don't need oxygen. Oxygen needs me. How foolish does that sound? Right? I don't need oxygen. I'm going to stop breathing for a little bit and see what happens. Let's see if oxygen stops, ceases to exist if I stop breathing in. Okay, I'm going to know how that's going to go. Just in a few minutes, you're going to be gone and oxygen's still going to be around. It's the same with God, amen? He doesn't need us. We need him. And we need him like the air we breathe. So I want you to listen to some things here. And as I read some things, I want you just to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. That's it. And again, don't take everything I say. Oh, that's for, if, it, if it's one of those things, if the shoe fits, wear it. If I say something that, that, that rings a bell, then what you do is you write that down and you begin to say, Lord, that kind of pricked my spirit as he said that. Is that something that might be possibly prevalent in my life? Is that, is that a symptom I have? Okay? And sometimes I might say something that might just automatically be a symptom. So recognize, repent, renounce. Here's some things that are kind of some symptoms of, 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 a, of a cursed life. Now, I want to say this too. This isn't a one-time thing. This is something that you would see that is recurring consistently in your life. Just like you'd see somebody who's walking in the blessings of God, you would see the consistent blessings. And, and it doesn't mean you wouldn't, everything's perfect all the time. But what I'm talking about here is a generality. You're really going to be in your spirit. You're really going to realize you're on one side or the other. You're, you're, you're generally walking in the obedience of God and the blessings of God, or you're, or you're seeing that some of these things are really reoccurring. Here's, here's some words. Number one. 
humiliation. Humiliation is a part of your life. It's not something that happens every once in a while. It's something that's prevalent in your life. That can be tied to curses. Another one is the inability to reproduce in any areas of your life. You don't seem to be able to reproduce. There's not a reproduction. And I'm, I'm ta- that, that can go many ways. And I'm going to kind of break these down a little more in a second. Another one is mental or physical illness. Mental, mental or physical sickness. Another one is family breakdowns. Okay, family breakdowns. Another one is poverty. Poverty. Another one is defeat. Another one is oppression. There's a difference between depression and oppression. There's a difference between oppression and possession. Somebody that is a believer can be oppressed by demons, but not possessed. Jesus does not share us with the devil. But a a, a Christian can be oppressed, meaning they can be all around. They can be trying to, to, to cause damage. That's oppression. Another one is failure. I'm like, it's just always failure. Failure, failure, failure. And the last one, and I'm going to break these down in a second, is God's disfavor. We want God's favor on our life. Well, the opposite of that is that he's not happy with us. There's, there's not a favor in our life. You ever seen someone say, man, that guy, that guy or that girl's got the favor of God on their life. Well, there's some people that have God's disfavor. Now, let me break these down to you. Recognize, repent, and renounce. Mental and emotional breakdown. These are some of the things, by the way, if you want to, in your, in your notes, put Deuteronomy 28 there. This will really kind of open some, don't want to read it today. It's a long chapter. But let me tell you how this works. In Deuteronomy 28, and I read a little bit of that Sunday night and Wednesday night. In Deuteronomy 28, read that as homework. The first 15 verses talk about blessings and blessings and blessings and blessings and blessings. And then the following 40 verses talk about curses. And it's almost kind of like to me, have you noticed if you've studied the scriptures that God is a God who, um, when he warns, he mentions the warning more than he mentions the good. Because he wants to keep us away from the bad. Jesus talked way more about hell than he did heaven. Way more. Maybe three times as much about hell than he did heaven. He didn't mention heaven a lot, not because hell, heaven doesn't exist, but he, it's almost like a, a, a street that you're coming up to a really dangerous curve. You don't see one sign. You see a lot of signs. Sometimes at a dangerous curve, you see sign after sign after sign saying there's a curve coming. And that's really what I see in the scriptures that God is, is, is so adamant about us wanting to be blessed that he has to let us know that there's another side to that, which is the curse, which is the problem, which is the sickness. So that's in Deuteronomy 28. But listen to this. I break this down a little bit. Mental and emotional breakdown. I, I believe every person in their life at one time in their life, and there's even ages to this, like for example with guys, a lot of times men, I can't speak for women like I can for men because I'm not one, but men break down many times in their 30s. There's a moment in a man's life that in the 30s, and that happened to me right at 30 years old, that there's a breakdown. There's a, 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 re- a realization as a man that I'm no longer 20. I'm no longer a teenager. I am going to die. I'm not, gonna, I'm not immortal physically. I, uh, you know, you, it just hits you. 
and I, I went through six months of depression at 30 years old. I, I lost somebody very close to me uh, to death, and that was a cause over in Costa Rica. But I know that there was a moment in my life, and I began to talk to other men and find out that at that age, in the early 30s, lots of men, including my father, had had a breakdown. So I'm not talking about, or with women, I do know there's called a... Uh, um, area, well, you got the area of menopause, which is later, but I know that even for men or women, there's the midlife crisis, right? There's also that we've heard of. So there's moments like that, but I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about frequent breakdown. I'm talking about you just have mental breakdowns frequently. And, and as I'm saying that, the Holy Spirit is, is saying, that's you. You, the mental breakdowns you have aren't normal. That's what he's saying. He's saying, you need, this is something, we got to get to the core of this. We got to apply the blood to this. We got to break something here. We got to break some chains off these things. We need to begin to renounce this because these mental breakdowns and emotional breakdowns are not supposed to happen so much. We need to get to the bottom of that, okay? That, that's something, again, this is, this is a, a message where you really got to listen to the Holy Spirit and recognize. Chronic illness. A lot of times, chronic illness can have a tie to it. Consistently, over and over. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I think we all know somebody who, uh, some would even call them a hypochondriac. They're always sick. Everything makes them sick. Everything can make them sick. Um, they're always sick with something, right? There's something always wrong. That's not God's will for our lives. Sickness is something we're going to have, but possibly there, as you recognize that, that might be something that you can uh, get a hold of. You know, here's, here's an example. There's no diagnosis. I'm not saying doctors can't be wrong. We know they can for sure. But people who've gone to the doctor over and over and over and can't ever find anything wrong with them. It's chronic illness. And, and again, when I'm saying these things, I'm not saying that everything I say is. These are things for you to let the Holy Spirit reach to you. Here's another one that can be a possible thing that could be going on. Repeated miscarriages or related female problems. That is something that can be something that could be there if you allow the Holy Spirit to, 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 to speak to you on that. The breakdown of marriage is another one. People who've been married again and again, divorced again and again, the breakdown of, 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 of family alienation, witchcraft in the family can cause that. Um, I'm, I'm someone who spoke something over their future kids, their, their, their grandkids. Uh, there's things there that can be, need to be broken. Here's another one. Continually, and I'm, I'm kind of taking these off the beginning, continuing financial or material insufficiency. We all struggle, but I'm talking about just can't ever get over the hump, ever. Let me give you an example of that. How many know, and this, please don't take this wrong, this is just a fact, how many know that our government set up things in the government to help us, but it wasn't supposed to be for life, okay? Food stamps, uh, uh, whatever, housing help, whatever it is. Our government set that up long time ago, but it was never to be something that people would live on their entire lives. It was supposed to be something to help at a time of need. Uh, unemployment, all those different things. Uh, I know from working in the inner cities, and I remember I used to go in Tucson, Arizona. That's where I got my love for tortillas. Let me just throw that out real quick. 
I'd go to the projects in South 10th Avenue of Tucson and I would go walk through the projects and I would go and, I, and it's three or four times every time I'd go out I'd walk by a house and the door the screen would be open and I would smell these women in there making tortillas fresh on their ovens and and they were like you want one and I'm like yeah I couldn't resist right so that's where my love for tortillas came but when I was doing that I began to talk to people and I would find out talking to people that these people were a grandma for example and listen, of all colors, not just one race, of all races I saw in those projects, white, black, Hispanic, everything, Asian, and they would say they were on food stamps and that their mom was on food stamps and that their grandma was on food stamps and that some of those people that I talked to had been 40 years on government help. How many know that's not of God? Not to stay on it. That, that's a curse. So... Again, these are things that I'm not, I'm not trying to step on toes. I'm just saying that, that continued uh, breakdown of financial insufficiency or dependency on something else is not of God. Accident prone. Someone who's accident prone. You ever seen somebody who's always, get, I'm not talking about cutting your finger, breaking a bone, falling you, there's always something happening, always something going on. That's a symptom. That's a symptom I'm, uh, of just constant over and over having accidents. Sometimes people have car accidents. Sometimes people have, I mean, you, you, they just can't, they can't keep a car without a, without a dent, without a scratch, without something. It's just accident prone. Uh, some of these I can explain better than others. The Holy Spirit's got to help you. And then the question they always say is, why does it always happen to me? Well, my answer would be maybe you're under a curse. Maybe something needs to be broken because I don't think you're supposed to have accidents that much because accidents are just that. They're accidents, right? And they do happen, but they shouldn't happen over and over and over again. And the last one, there's just some things that uh, the Lord spoke to me was a history of suicides or unnatural deaths. I know people who've, let me give you an example, the Kennedys. Lots of unnatural deaths. You might know families where suicide was just prevalent in every generation. Those aren't normal things, church. Those aren't things that just, just by happen, happen to happen to happen. There's generational curses there. And if we don't break them, what's going to happen? They're going to continue on. And I mentioned this really clearly at the beginning. It's not God's will for us to have anything like that in our lives, but we have to apply the blood of Jesus to those areas. We have to recognize, repent, and renounce those things. Amen? And so hopefully, hopefully as, I, as I spoke those things, hopefully no, no one had any of them, but if you had some of those, hopefully the Holy Spirit would tell you and you could begin to deal with that. Now let's go back to the book of Galatians quickly. And I want to kind of begin to go in, in a different direction to close this. To now, now we've done a lot of recognizing in the last week. Galatians chapter 3. I want to talk about how to break it. It's not an, I, The worst thing you could do is go to the doctor and the doctor says, you got this, 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 and that. And that symptom says, you got this, 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 and that. And then he says, okay, see you later. See you in six months. You say, well, what are we going to do about it? I don't know. I can't help you. I'm just good at telling you what's wrong with you. I mean, no, that's the case sometimes. I'm just good at telling you what's wrong. I, or they just give you some medicine to kind of, to do what? Put a Band-Aid on it. We need to get to the root of why. I talked about that, I think, last Sunday. 
headaches, for example. You know, I had, I had things in, in my life of headaches since I was a kid. And, and, and I believe that there was something there, but it, it, it got broken. And when I began to pray over that, when I began to realize it's not normal for me to have headaches all the time. And, and there's two sides to that, though. One was the spiritual and one was the common sense. I mean, a lot of times we can, it can be both things. It's like falling in the same hole over and over again. If I keep tripping over the same line or the same, uh, you know, thing, that's, that's my fault. But I, I began to realize that there was something that I need to pray against. And I realized I need to get enough sleep. I need to drink enough water. I need to wear sunglasses because I have light eyes. You know, I put some th- things, those things together. Now I don't have headaches like I used to have. That's just an example that it's not God's will, but I've got to recognize, renounce, repent, and renounce. Now, let's look at Galatians chapter 3. Give me an amen if you're there. Christ has redeemed us, verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having what? Become a curse for us. Why is it not God's will for us to be cursed? Because Jesus became a curse for us. Why should we be cursed if he became a curse for us? But again, this comes to application. This comes quickly as I, as I read through this. I'll tell you, it says, For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come unto the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now notice, there's an exchange here. There's an exchange Jesus for us. The cross is always the antidote. The cross is always the answer. But many times our eyes spiritually are not on the cross. They're on the symptoms. They're on the things. They're on the problems. They're on us. We try to figure out. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but everybody, if they were honest, would raise their hands at one time or another. We try to do things ourselves. We try to fix it ourselves. We have a problem, and the last thing we do is pray about it. We have a problem, and the last thing we do is say, Jesus, you were cursed for this on the cross, and I place that problem on you. That What a great song we sang, that last song where it said, and I think I'm going to have us sing that at the, at the altar call and put the words back up again. And what a great lead-in. Again, we don't ever talk about what I'm going to preach about. The Holy Spirit leads so many times on the songs. But it says that it was placed on his shoulders. Why, why are we carrying that around? I remember... When my daughters were younger, how many know as parents, the absolute worst thing that can happen is to have your kids get sick. It's the worst. There's nothing worse. To be so, to feel so uh, helpless and not be able to do something for them. But we, thank God to my mom being a great teacher growing up, taught us, pray first, then go to the doctor. Not against doctors. Don't ever think that. But we believe God heals. And so we would pray, and, and listen, I thank God for the blessings. Only one time in our entire life have any of us been in the hospital. My daughter Kristen had an appendectomy two years ago. Out of four people, we've never been in the hospital for anything. And four, 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 more, The youngest is 17. That's a blessing. That's God's blessing. We didn't run to the doctor when we were sick. We ran to Jesus. And so we apply these things and we understand that he, he's, he's doing something here and he's, he's, he's working in us. And, we, and so sometimes when my daughters would get sick, I remember saying erroneously in my flesh, God, Jesus, take this sickness and put it on me. 
How many parents have said that? Give it to me. Don't let it be on this little crying baby. And every time I did that, I got the same answer from the Holy Spirit. No, I took that on me on the cross. Put it on me. Don't put it on you or your daughter or anybody else. That's on me. Why should we put it on someone else when it's already been applied to Jesus? But it's the application. It's the app. That's what God expects of us. It's not that Jesus hasn't paid the price. It's not that the curse is not broken. I'm not applying the dominion. I'm not applying the medicine, so to speak. It's like having a bottle of medicine that's the answer for your problem, but you don't take it. Good does it do to be in the bottle? If we don't apply the blood, if we don't apply the word of God, if we don't apply the, the, the obedience, then it doesn't work. It's not that the power's not there. What did we see in that verse, if you don't believe me? In the very first verse we read, the power of Jesus to heal was where? In him. How were they healed? By touching him. They made contact. They touched him. Now, we know today we don't have to physically touch him because he's not physically here. But they physically touched the hem of his garment. And when they touched him, we know with the lady that was, that's Jesus was walking through the crowd, forced her way with the issue of blood. She forced her way through the crowd. And when she touched his hem of his garment, he did what? He said, power has gone out from me. Power has, he felt power go out of him. Why? Because her faith was applied when she pushed her way through and physically touched the hem of his garment and she said to herself if I can just touch the hem of his garment I'll be healed that's the application it's not a it's not a head knowledge she could have said from a distance I believe Jesus can heal me but but she didn't go and apply it she knew he could heal her but she didn't apply we see that all the way back in the Old Testament when the Passover happened. I mentioned that, but I have to mention that again. What was the reason the death angel passed over? Because the blood was not just shed, but the blood was what? Applied. Applied. It was taken from the basin, and it was applied over the doorpost, and that was the obedience. Break it down and make it simple. God said to us in this word, if you obey my words, I'll bless you. If you disobey, there's a curse. He said to the Israelites, I'm sending the death angel through. And every house that does not apply the blood, the firstborn will die. He says, my way or the highway. You can believe it or not, but the death angel's passing through. How many know that there was probably a whole lot of people that the Bible doesn't mention that were in their houses that knew the death angel was coming? and knew that the blood on the doorpost was the answer, but they didn't do it. So what good did the knowledge do for those that did not apply the blood? Nothing. But those who took the blood and put it on the doorpost, the Bible says that as the death angel came through, he looked and where he saw the blood, he passed over. And so we know today that the way the devil cannot affect us is when we apply the blood of Jesus to our lives. And when the devil looks at us, he does not see us. He sees the blood of Jesus. And the Bible says that when he sees the blood of Jesus, he flees in seven directions. Hallelujah. Amen. He cannot come against the blood of Jesus. 
He hates that cross because that cross defeated him. Amen. So there's an exchange. Listen, the death of Jesus on the cross called the atonement was the exchange of all the evil that came upon Christ for us. He was wounded that we might be healed. He died. Listen, he was, I'm going to say this again. He was wounded that we might be healed. He died so that we would have life. He was made sin so that we would be made righteous. He was rejected so that we would be accepted. He was taken the curse upon him so that we could be blessed. That's the basis of God's provision. Exchange. And you'll notice in that verse 13 we just read as I'm closing that the word curse appears three times. Christ has redeemed us from the curse, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Listen, that's the basis of your deliverance this morning. You say, how do I break this curse? The cross. The cross breaks the curse. There's an exchange that was made. And listen, there is no other way to be free. No other way, the Bible tells us. We are made righteous in that. Now, as I close, think about this. Do, in, in the time of Moses, for example, in Deuteronomy 21, you don't have to go there, but it says that anyone who hung on a tree would become a curse. Every Jew that knew the law knew with Moses' time that when Jesus would hang on the cross, he would hang to, to become a curse for them because that was big in, in the Jewish law. So he did that to deliver them. Now, I want to give you a few verses to close this morning that are very powerful. There are going to be some good go-to verses for you as you disarm and defeat the devil and his curses over your life. Number one is, and this goes along with recognize, repent, and renounce. John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. We have to be able to hear the voice of the, of the shepherd. When we're recognizing it's the Holy Spirit speaking to us, and then we follow what his word says, and we get the deliverance. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. There's five verses I'm going to give you. Don't look at them for time. Write them down. But Ephesians 1, 7 says this. In him, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace what a great verse in him we have redemption through the blood the blood that's a whole nother message but the blood gives us forgiveness now here's a powerful one colossians chapter 1 13 and 14 colossians chapter 1 13 and 14 listen to what this says he Jesus has delivered us from the power of darkness. That's, that's the good news of the Bible. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom, it says again, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Amen? How many are seeing that the redemption comes through nobody else but Jesus. Sometimes we can be wrongly applying. Religion is not going to set you free. Holding the Bible in your hands is not going to set you free. 
Being here this morning is not going to set you free. Singing a praise song is not going to set you free. Amen? Praying, just praying is not, it's, those are great things by themselves. They're things we should do. But outside of the blood being applied, there's no redemption. How many could see how that could easily happen? Someone could have a religious spirit. Somebody could do a lot of things right, but still be wrong. And if you don't believe that, read the New Testament and watch the Pharisees and Sadducees. They did a lot of things right, but they did the most important thing wrong. They missed Jesus. The Messiah stood in front of them and rebuked them, and they didn't recognize him. Right? They missed him. Many, many people today have the knowledge up here, but don't ever apply it application it's application that matters so it says he delivered us delivered means it's done it's not it doesn't say he's going to deliver us it says he's delivered us so the power's there we just have to use it colossians 2:15 one of my favorite ones i love this word colossians 2:15 it says having disarmed principalities and powers he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them in it publicly he died publicly he bled publicly he was disgraced everything you think that you go through that's bad Jesus took on him everything and as he did that he disarmed now what does that mean it takes me to one of my favorite verses that's in Isaiah 54, 17 that says the weapons, or sorry, there is now no weapon formed against me that can prosper. That means the gun might be pointed at you, but there's no bullets. Amen? That's what disarmed means. He can point it, he can point something at you. It says no, doesn't say no weapon would be formed against me. It says no weapon formed against me would prosper. And a lot of times we forget we're going to have the enemy in every direction, but he can't defeat us. He cannot defeat us if I have the blood applied. Amen. If I have Jesus Christ standing before me on the cross crucified and resurrected before me, he cannot defeat me. But it's application. And the, the last one, 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. Watch this, for the purpose, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. That he might destroy the works of the devil. That he might destroy the works of the devil. So we know that we sin today. What he's saying there is if we sin and don't have Jesus to destroy the works of the devil, we're done. We're done. Without Jesus, we're done. We're lost. And as the musicians come, I want to give you one more. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. This is a great one too. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Behold, Jesus says, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. And listen to this carefully. And if you do have this open or, or in your verse, underline this. And over all, say all with me the power of the enemy amen over all that means everything but 
I've got to speak it. I've got to, I've got to recognize the area in my life. That's where the Holy Spirit comes and does such an amazing work. And the final part of that verse says, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing by shall, by shall any means hurt you. Father, this morning, we want every and all areas of our life that are a curse or disobedience or wrong because of bad decisions or or generational things that have have been passed on that we don't even know about we want them all broken it is not your will father for us to walk defeated it is not your will father for us to be under the foot of the devil this morning it is your will and you get no glory father when the devil has his foot on our neck Father, we're not going to allow the devil to put his foot on our neck anymore because your word says that we have the power to choose life, to choose blessings. Father, all across this place, by the power of your Holy Spirit, you are speaking individually to people right now. God, I don't want just a, a little bit of deliverance in my life. I don't want to just be 98% free. I want to be totally free. I don't want the devil to have any area in my life where he has a foothold. I don't want to apply the blood just to some areas. I want to apply the blood to every area. But I thank you this morning for your Holy Spirit revealing to me any and every area of my life where things aren't right. There, there's, not, there's not reproductivity in my life. There, there's oppression. There's accidents. There's poverty. There's sickness. There's, there's, these things are frequent, depression. Lord, uh, over and over again, can't keep a job, can't, can't stay in the same place, can't, can't hold relationships. Lord, whatever these things are, they're, they're a curse. They're not of you. It's your will to bless. It's your will to pour out pr productivity and multiplication upon us. And you said everywhere we step, we'll be blessed. You said in Deuteronomy 11, God, that every place our feet tread and step will be ours. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed this morning, as the power of the living God is here and he's evident, let God do his work in you this morning. It's just a matter of opening up yourself to him. He's a good God. He's a loving God. He wants the best for you. He doesn't want bad for you. He's, he's not that demented thought you have of a father or, or, or family member. Or He's a perfect God. He's a great God. His mercy's new every morning. His love endures forever. He has your best interests in his mind. He said, the Bible says you're wonderfully and marvelously made. If you're not walking in that today, that's not God's fault. It's ours for not recognizing it. But thank God for his word that can reveal those things. Today, if you're here and you've never said, Jesus Christ, I believe you're the son of the living God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. 
I believe that you rose on the third day. And the only way that I can have victory in my life and the only way I can spend eternity in heaven is by that belief. If you've never done that, if you've never said that, the Bible says your name has never been written in the book of life. Today's the day of your salvation. Today's the day you stop running from religion, running to religion, and run to relationship. God doesn't want you to, to do things out of obligation. He wants you to do things out of love. Love me, he says there. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. Here's the great news. As the Lord's touching your heart this morning, he's a forgiver. He's a forgiver. He forgives sins. The Bible says if I'm faithful, Sorry, if I, if I confess my sins, he's faithful and just to forgive them. All of them. Throw them into the sea of forgetfulness. To take my sins as, and make them as far as the east is from the west. How many quickly could just say, Pastor, I would love to say that prayer this morning. I, I don't want to leave this place without knowing that I'm saved and that my name's in the book of life. Just quickly put your hand up and put it right back down all over this place. God bless you. Come on, how many more all over this place? I'm not sure. I want to know this morning that I'm saved. I want to know that my name's in the book of life. I want to know that I'm forgiven, that I'm redeemed. I want to put my faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. As we stand to our feet, maybe you're here and you, you, you've turned away from the Lord. You're cold. You do believe, but your heart's not where God wants it to be this morning, and you want to rededicate your life to the Lord. If that's you, just put your hand up and say, pray for me, Pastor. I, wanna, I want that today. I want to get right. God sees your hearts this morning. Amen. How many know that? He sees our hearts, and he sees the things inside that hurt. He sees the things inside that have, that have been placed on us that we didn't even have a, a, a part in. But by the Holy Spirit, we're recognizing those things now, and we renounce them. We renounce them. There's things that I might I didn't have time to get into. There's things that, that can be attached to articles, articles of affection. For example, you can have things that were from your past that you've held on to that were not godly. They might be in your home. There's, there's a spirit on those things. They need to be thrown out. A lot of people, when they get saved, they go into their house. A, a wise thing to do is go into your house and pray and say, Lord, is there anything in my house, anything in my house that's from my past that has something tied to it? If you don't believe that's true, just think about how when you hear a song, just a song, if that reminds you of something that happened in your past, how quickly you go there with that song. That's just, a, that's just something you hear. Think pictures of things, pictures of people, things that are attached to an, to an old life. I've seen so many people over the years get this and, and go and fix, for example, their Facebook and go and say, you know what, the, there's a lot of things in my past pictures. I don't want those to be there anymore because that's not me anymore. I don't want to have those things, <clears throat> excuse me, tied to my, to my life now. I, I can't go into all the things that those things could be. But whatever the Holy Spirit tells you, you do. If you look at the book of Acts, it's either 16 or 17. 
they would come and they would bring things that had to do with witchcraft and sorcery and that were tied to things and they would bring them and burn them up. You might not have anything, but if the Holy Spirit says, hey, it comes to your memory, if you recognize it, and he says, do this, you just do it out of obedience. You just do it out of obedience because the Holy Spirit told you to. And, you, and, and there might be something attached to that. For example, generic example, maybe there's a, just a generic example, a picture of a, of a Chinese dragon or something in your house. I don't know of anybody that has this, but just an example. And that was given to you by somebody. You don't know if there was a curse spoken over that thing. You got it up on your wall, in your house. I'm telling you, curses are real. If you don't believe that, read the Bible. It's real. So when you recognize those things, some people come and, and they, they wear things, they have things, they things that, that symbolize things that are not godly, that are of the occults, that are of witchcraft. And they wear them, bracelets, necklaces, things. I'm just giving examples. Get rid of those things. Get, get rid of anything that's attached to anything that, that could cause problems in your life. Those are the things the Holy Spirit wants you to obey. You don't have to tell anybody about it. Just obey. Just do what the Lord tells you to do. We're going to open up the altar this morning. And if you want to be free from something or if you want to pray for somebody or if you want to uh, just be sure, Lord, I, I, nothing's even coming to my mind, but this morning I'm going to come up and renounce everything I can think. I just want to renounce, Lord. I want to plead the blood. I want to be free. I want chains to be broken. We're going to open up the altar. We're going to sing this song, and we're just going to declare that that's going to happen this morning. Amen? Let's open them up this morning. Let's, let's get freedom this morning. Let's make sure that we're walking in that obedience to the voice of the Holy Spirit as we sing this song this morning.
Spirit speak to you this morning. Just rec- recognize, repent, and renounce. again in just a second, but I want to say a prayer first, and I want to read one verse to you. You know, we talk about recognize, repent, and renounce. You might say, where's that in the Bible? Well, I'll just tell you. 2 Corinthians 4.2 says, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. So we renounce the hidden things. Sometimes we don't know they're there. That's why we're doing this. That that hopefully the symptoms would say, okay, I got this symptom, this symptom, this symptom. That means I've got this. And you don't really know why you're sick. You don't know why you're in pain. And now the Holy Spirit can reveal something. Sometimes this isn't an overnight immediate thing. This takes time. You might have so much that you, you might deal with one thing at a time where you can generally say it and we should generally say it, especially if you don't know what it is specifically because sometimes you don't know. But you can also say, Holy Spirit, what's causing this? Is there something causing this? Is, is, this, is this something that, I'm, that I need to change, that I need to, to do different? And he'll say, no, you're good. I'm just letting you go through a test and you'll know that but if this is a chain if this is something that's been spoken over you if this is something generational you know that word addiction was mentioned those are obviously things that are passed down tendencies are passed down tendencies even and that's why we have to be so careful as parents what we do because there's tendencies there that are automatically in somebody that to, to, to do things they shouldn't do, to follow down a certain path. And, and we need to break those things. And, and that's, listen, that's not just the big things like drugs and alcohol. That's anger, jealousy, dissension, pride. It's all kinds of, if you read the, 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 the works of the, of the flesh, it's not just big visible sins. 
And a lot of times as believers, that's what we're good at. We're good at fixing the big ones. And we don't many times deal with the inner ones that aren't as visible. And those are in the same place. And there's so it's lots of things that we're continually dealing with. And, you know, I told someone this week, you can't think that in 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 one day you're gonna fix ten years of disobedience or ten years of habits. You're you're forgiven immediately. You're healed immediately. But the 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 the, uh, the fruit of that takes time. It takes a long time to make a mess. It takes a while to clean it up, too. It's areas that you continue to work on and will never be totally where we want to be because we're imperfect. But it's because we lack the understanding that it's back to the cross. How many are recognizing, as I'm saying this, how easily we move away from the cross? And... Maybe that's why some people have to wear it around their neck. I don't need it around my neck to remind me. But whatever you got to do, I, I just know my, my faith goes back to what I said Wednesday. I've got to believe, or sorry, see what I believe and not believe what I see. Because my faith is by, by, is by fit, simply that faith, not by sight. So you don't see the things that are going on right now physically but you know something's there and you speak to it. We're going to pray right now, general, and you pray specific. Maybe yours is general, but you pray with me and we're going to bind the enemy. We're going to take that verse that says he's given us power over every sickness, over every disease. He's given us authority over those spirits. We're going to take authority right now. Amen. We're going we're gonna to declare we have redemption through his blood. We're going to declare that he has disarmed principalities and powers and made a public spectacle. We're going to declare that he's destroyed the works of the devil. And you're going to tell the devil, loose your hands off of me. Loose your hands off of my family. Loose your hands off my marriage. Loose your hands off my kids. Loose your hands off my finances. Loose your hands off my mind. Whatever it is, you're going to disarm that. You're going to say, no, devil. Jesus gave me power to trample on you. You are not over me. I'm over you in Jesus' name. Amen? In Jesus' name. Not by might, not by power, but by his Spirit, Father, right now, whatever it is you're praying for, you pray with me. Father, we take authority and we declare this morning that every generational curse is broken. You took the curse on the cross. You were despised. You took the shame for us. You took the pain for us, Father. You became sin so that we could be righteous today, God. Lord, you took pain on your body so that we could be healed. You died so that we can have life, Father. Lord Jesus, you were rejected so that we could be accepted, Father. Lord, everything that is lacking in our lives, you took that for us. And Father, every area that was mentioned this morning, and even those that weren't mentioned, we speak to those things now in the Spirit. Because God, there's one thing that's very clear in this Word. It is your will to bless us. 
It is your will for us to walk in abundance. It is your will for us to glorify your name with our lives. And right now, by the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of the blood of Jesus and the power of the cross, we apply the blood of Jesus over our lives, over our marriages, over our relationships, over our families, over our physical bodies, over our minds right now, over our finances in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And we declare healing and we declare victory and we declare right now, Lord, that I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. And Lord, I bind every symptom physically in my body that causes me pain. I bind every addiction and every spirit of darkness that's been placed on my life by prior decisions of my family, every tendency. Father, I bind every spirit of idolatry. Father, I come against every spirit of witchcraft and sorcery and divination right now. Everything that's been spoken over my family through the occult. Father, everything that's been spoken through incantations, Father. Father, through idols, worship, or, or objects of affection, Lord. Lord, as you reveal this morning those things, I recognize them, and I repent of them now, and I renounce them, and I renounce the hidden things, things that I've held on to that don't need to be in my life. I let them go right now never to pick them up again in Jesus mighty name Satan you are defeated by the blood you are defeated by the blood and the, by the power of the cross get out of our lives right now and leave us alone in the mighty name of Jesus we pray amen let's give him praise this morning hallelujah hallelujah come on give him praise hallelujah 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 Oh, look at these words. In all of the one who gave it all, I'll stand. My sword, Lord, to you surrender.
Watch this. cross for my shame. Carried the cross for my shame. My sin weighed on your shoulders. And that's why we can stand this morning, because he stood for us. Because he died for us. Because he took it on us. Don't take it on yourself. Put it on him this morning. Put it on Jesus. It's on the cross. It's on the cross. Jesus, you bore that on the cross. You bore my pain on the cross. You bore my curse on the cross. You bore my sickness on the cross. It's yours. It's not mine. I give it to you, Lord. I give it to you. You died for that. You died for that forgiveness. You died for that freedom. You died for that deliverance. In the name of Jesus.
Praise God. 